The Lord be with you. And also with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise, and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise Lord. Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So today we wrap up our Ignite sermon series as we now enter into the season of Lent. Lent is a time when we recall the path of Jesus as he goes down into the city of Jerusalem and enters those final days before the crowds cheer at his crucifixion. This is also then the week we celebrate Transfiguration, when Jesus appeared in all of his glory alongside Moses and Elijah on the mountaintop to Peter, James, and John before coming down and journeying towards Jerusalem. So that image of fire is a fitting way for us to bring an end to this this sermon series on Ignite. We've used that image of fire to help us understand our God, who is the, the light who shines in the darkest places and offers guidance into our life, who offers an otherworldly warmth that brings us comfort and even quickens our hearts when they grow cold, our God who is a refining fire, not allowing the sin and evil in our lives to remain, but burning it away and leaving what is true and what is good and what is beautiful. And today we take a moment to talk about the splendor of our God. And we love to look at fire in, in so many forms. Maybe it's a deep stare into a campfire as the, the flames are flickering and always changing. Or, or the awe of a child who gets to play with a sparkler for the first time and he, he's whipping that all around. Or the joy of a community as, as they sit together under the night sky and, and, and experience the fireworks. Or, or maybe just this, the peace and the solitude of, of going out into nature and away from the lights of the city and staring up at the night sky and seeing the billions of stars. And so, so if it's fire 24 inches from your face or 24 trillion miles away, whatever it is, we seem to be drawn towards it. The beauty and the mystery that inspires us as it's inspired poets and artists throughout the ages, it overwhelms us. Peter, John, and James were overwhelmed by the glory of God. 
We hear in the retelling of the transfiguration in the other gospels that Peter was so stunned and overwhelmed, he simply murmured the words he spoke. He wasn't even sure what exactly he was saying. And there Jesus was with Moses and Elijah, two of the great heroes of the faith. Now, both Moses and Elijah had their own fiery experiences. It was Elijah who was brought up to heaven in the fiery chariot with the fiery horses while he was on a walk with Elisha. And Elisha then takes Elijah's cloak, which he leaves behind. You don't need it in heaven. And he touches the Jordan River with it and it departs. It's a powerful story. Moses was the one who communed with God on the mountain of fire as he received the commandments. And the glory of God, it says, was so great that as Moses then came down from the mountain, Aaron and the people of Israel were afraid because his face continued to glow with the glory of God. And so Moses veiled his face. He would veil his face for the people, and then whenever he spoke God's word, he would unveil himself, speak God's truth, and then veil himself once again. And here these two great men stand with Jesus. Yet while Peter, John, and James are overwhelmed by the presence of their Old Testament heroes, it's the voice of the Father proclaiming the divinity of Jesus that drops them to their knees in fear. He says, listen to him. As they had no doubt listened to the voices of Moses and Elijah and the prophets as little boys, now listen to Jesus, who is the fulfillment of the prophets, the beloved son of the Father, who on that day shone with with splendor unrivaled, more splendor than any, any campfire a billion stars can offer. I once was asked by a, a person, how can Jesus really be present in the Eucharist? If he was, we can never look upon him because his glory is so magnificent, so bright, so splendid that it would blind us. I think that's a great question and, and it's the right. But it was Jesus who chose throughout his earthly ministry, not to overwhelm us with his glory and splendor, but to come to us in the simplest of forms, human flesh, to take on a body for our salvation. But for this moment, he's shown with all of his glory so that we may know who he is before he became normal in appearance again. He comes now even to us in this simple form of bread and wine so that we are not overwhelmed but are blessed to behold him. He comes in ways that we may receive him and commune with him. See, the Eucharist is our mountaintop experience. The Eucharist is where we get to behold our transfigured Christ and eat and drink with him as, as, the, as Moses and Aaron and those in the Old Testament readings today did. It is, it is there that we, we come down then from the mountain after receiving his word and his grace with such splendor that we come down from the mountain so that we would shine as Moses did to the people of Israel. And Jesus tells his disciples as they come down, tell no one of this event until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. And here's the good news. Christ is risen. I know, it's not Easter yet, but I can get away with it until next week. So, 
Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We get to proclaim that the light shines brightly. So let us tell of this great event because he is risen. Let us shine with his light. May we bear that fire of God out into a world. A light of revelation to the Gentiles. A warmth that pierces the hardened and the cold heart. A fire which purifies the sludge and the sin within us. Let us go into our neighboring towns and regions and areas and homes and shine. Let the Holy Spirit ignite that fire of faith within us so that we burn brightly. Paul writes in in 2 Corinthians, he instructs us, he says, Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. You hear that word? We are ministers of this new covenant that was given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. We have received that very word upon our lips to confess it into the world. Not not of our own doing or, or our own ability or by our own grasping, but this gift that God has given to us to proclaim it into the world. Like like a child that's awestruck by the night sky for the first time and can't help but tell everyone about it. Or or someone who falls in love for that first time and they can't help but tell the world how wonderful this splendor is. Paul continues, Now if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which is being brought to an end, Will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory." Our glory, our hope is in Christ who is permanent and who is eternal. He is a flame which does not die and will not go out. And while the law did once hold glory for the children of Israel, so much so that Moses had to veil his face, Christ, having now fulfilled the law, now has glory beyond all telling, glory beyond that of Moses and Elijah and the prophets of the past. This new covenant is the last covenant, the ultimate act of God towards us, his children. So Paul continues, he says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The very Spirit we've received in baptism. We are free, brothers and sisters, for the power of sin because of Christ. And we all with unveiled face, Beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. That glory transforms us. Ignites that work of the Spirit within us so that we never grow cold, so that we never grow lukewarm, but we burn brightly. God himself transforming us, transfiguring us to look and shine as he does into the world. 
converting our hearts to seek Him more and more. And it's a process that's never done, at least not on earth. The process is ongoing until He takes us to the mountain that final time, to our heavenly home. That's what Ignite's all about. Pastor Milky began this series with a quick overview of, of Ignite and what exactly we're hoping to do by the grace of God in this place and, and, and beyond our walls in the coming months and in the coming years. I'm going to share with you a, a video that tells a little bit more about this journey that we're on together. God has been so good to us. He's given us so much. I look at all of you out there. He's given us so many good gifts. He's such a generous God. And he calls us to to reflect that generosity. Brothers and sisters, I'm excited because I've seen the Lord burning brightly in your lives. I've seen his grace being poured out upon you through through the word and sacraments. And, And I know there's always more there, but that by his grace, as Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, we would shine with the glory of the new covenant. We'd be ministers and, and speak that word of the new covenant, which has been given and shed for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. So let's ignite. Let's, let's burn brightly with that faith. Let us shine with the glory of our God for his kingdom's sake. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle within them the fire of your love. In the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.